Welcome to the Missio Day podcast. Missio Day is a family of Jesus, joining God as he makes all things new in Chicago. Check us out online at missiodaychicago.com. John 20, verses 19 through 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Here we are. It is April something It is the beginning of the fifth week since we've had shelter in place, and it is the seventh day after Easter. I don't know about you, but Easter this season just felt strange. Uh, There was something that made it really hard for me. I struggled to accept Easter for what it was. Our service was amazing online. There was tons of celebration stories from it, but there was just something off in which I did not want to accept Easter as it was, the first time I've never been able to gather with Christians on Easter. And I don't know if you've experienced that jarring tension last week where here we are, we're celebrating resurrection life. Jesus is alive. There's hope and there's newness and, and freshness and freedom. But at the same time, our death rates are rising. Our toll, our, our account of the, of the coronavirus is at an all-time high. Uh, People are grieving lost ones and loved ones. People are isolated and lonely. And so there's this weird tension of this. And I I found a lot of comfort in the passage Kat just read. Because the disciples are locked in a room for fear. They are afraid and they are one of the last disciples left. The embers of a movement are about to go out. And actually, Jesus is raised from the dead already. They heard stories from Mary and rumors that Jesus is alive. And I love that picture. It's so comforting to me because Jesus is alive and resurrected, and yet they are still locked and stuck in fear. Because resurrection, sometimes it takes time. Resurrection isn't always linear. These disciples, stuck in fear, filled with disillusionment. They are off the treadmill of ministry and they are in a place of grief. What if their teacher, friend comes back and retributes them with with anger towards just abandoning them? What if the the rumors are are lies? What if he's not alive and they're filled with grief in their heart for both what they've done and losing their their teacher? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been a place where you are paralyzed, stuck, uh, stagnant, uh, completely exhausted, completely overwhelmed by life? I think we all are somewhat in that place in this moment. So I want to look at this story and remind you uh, this context. Jesus has died Uh, The Roman centurions were experts at crucifixions. They pierced his hands and they nailed his feet to the cross. They stabbed his side to confirm that he was dead. They put him in a tomb and guarded it to make sure no one would steal 
the body. And then Jesus, as Melissa taught last week, appeared to Mary and announced that it was him, not the gardener. And now the disciples are locked in this room for fear. They've locked themselves and they're terrified. Have you ever been there in that place, this place of loss and defeat? And I believe uh, it's important in this series that we're starting this week, Fire by Night, Finding God in the Dark, that we put names to some of the darkness, we put names to some of the, the, the feelings that we're having and put words and language to it so we can learn from the disciples of old, the great cloud of witnesses, and learn how they found God in the dark. And we're going to start today as we continue the story of Easter with these disciples in the upper room. You know, I, I think about grief. I think um, it reminds me of the time that I lost my dad tragically. Uh, he was at the age of 61. At the age of 61, he, he drove to see my brother in Brooklyn across the country 18 hours, gets out of his vehicle, sees my brother waiting outside the restaurant for the reservations, uh, reservations for to eat, and, and he falls uh, dead, falls not breathing. Someone comes out, tries to recitate uh, resuscitate his life. And I remember being in my house, getting the call from my brother. Uh, my dad's not well. Uh, he's not breathing. He's not, he's not moving, not responding. And I remember being locked in that room, my heart being locked, this place of fear, this place of grief, uh, these emotions of, what do I do? It was the third uh, Sunday of our launch at Missio Day Lincoln Square. Uh, I, didn't, I needed someone to make decisions for me because my brain was foggy. And I ended up flying to New York and, and, and saw my dad uh, right before he passed. And, and I think all of us have, uh, know those different feelings of grief. Um, but what Jesus does as he stands in the middle of this room, this room filled with fear, maybe even panic uh, and grief and, and disappointment, is he comes to transform our grief. He comes to steal and comfort our fears. He comes to be with us in the midst of what we're going through as a country right now. You know, this time, it's uh, so scary. We're all struggling. And we need Jesus to come into our midst and stand, just like he did with those disciples, and stand in the middle of our rooms of fear. We need him to stand in the middle of our hearts. Uh, Jesus, I love this picture. He intrudes into this moment and intrudes on their fear. He, uh, we don't know how he gets in. It doesn't really say, but we, we can tell it, it was either miraculous or he it was definitely at ease, an easy thing for him. And when he intrudes into this place, he says, peace be with you. I love that, those lines, these moments where these disciples were probably terrified of what they were going to hear from the one they betrayed. And he could have said, where were you? Why did you leave me at the cross? You abandoned me. You betrayed me. You humiliated me. And yet he looks at them and says, peace be with you. In the very next line, he shows them his hands and his side where he was, his side was ruptured to prove his death. And he says, hey, hey, peace be with you. Check out my wounds. And those lines are meant to go together, not separated. That, that Jesus is here announcing, saying, hey, 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 listen, peace, but death, I went through it. I experienced it. I was humiliated. I was betrayed, but peace. You see, a lot of us in this season, we want to either minimize what's happening or deny what's happening. We, we, we blame God or we even blame ourselves for things that we do in the midst of how we respond in this moment. 
But Jesus comes and shows us, you know, we don't have to deny or minimize. Uh, we can have peace. And some of us need to hear and accept the fact there's peace. Others of us are just going, hey, hey this is no big deal. We're going to get through this. It's nothing. Let's just skip over Good Friday. Let's skip over Holy Saturday and go straight to Easter. Some of you need to hear, no, like agony and suffering is real. It is here. Peace be with you. Hey, hey, check out. Check out my wounds. And this is what Easter people believe. This is what resurrection people believe, that Easter makes the most sense in the darkest days, that there is, I believe, the resurrection is real. I believe the resurrection happened. It is not the end of the story. So is there anyone here this morning who is lonely, who is in their house alone? You need to hear peace be with you. Is there anyone who's locked in the house with these little coworkers that just won't go anywhere else? Peace be with you. Anyone here, maybe you're fearful of a job loss, or there is job loss. There's lack of employment and fear and panic about money. Peace be with you. Some of you are quarantined with noisy eaters. Peace be with you. We need to hear these words. Peace be with you. I've taught this passage uh, in the past, and I, you know, I've, I like to pull out that word peace and how it, in Hebrew it means shalom. It's the word Jesus would have used. And you know, shalom means all is as it should be. But I think what Jesus is really doing here is he's just, that is the Middle Eastern greeting for when you say hello. And Jesus is just going into these, this room of disciples and saying hello. How are we going to get through this moment? How are we going to hear God in this moment? The first thing we need to do is just be greeted by God and hear Jesus say hello. Uh, my, my, my son Jude, he's in preschool. And when we walked to preschool prior to this, uh, we'd walk and all his little friends are like, hey, Jude, hey, Jude, and hey, Jude. You know, he loves that song. He's, he, he embraces it. And he's always like, hey, Alexa, play hey, Jude. Um, and so uh, I've been trying to teach Jude. Jude will not say hello back. So, you know, I'm trying to teach him, you got to say hello. And so these little kids will come and they're like, hey, Jude. And, and I'll be like, Jude will stand there like this. Like, I'm like, say hello. You know, you have to teach little children to say hello. And as God's children, we have to be reminded to say hello and to hear God say hello. And so I want to encourage you in the middle of your, your, your fear, in the middle of your grief, hear Jesus greet you and say hello. And I just love this. I love this, that Jesus raises from the dead. And the very first thing he says to his disciples is, hey, it's so ordinary. I love it. And the first thing we need to do in this time is to hear Jesus say hello and to say hello back. Hello, grief. Hello, fear. Hello, loneliness. Hello to my body. Hello to the interruptions in the day. I greet you. I greet you, Jesus, speaking to me in the midst of this day. Isn't that good? So why don't we listen to God? I think there's a few things. One, I think we fear being gullible. I think this is a time where we see Christians posting 
anything on social media that may not completely be accurate and it just comes off as gullible or naive. And I think we fear as Christians come across naive. What's, you know, what's more naive than someone saying, you know what, I heard God say this, right? And we're taught to be masters in our city of our craft and our career and to come off and say we heard some voice from heaven speak to us. It just comes off as naive. But even more so, I think we fear what will God actually say? What might he say? And that might be more terrifying than my circumstance. What would God actually say to me if I listened? Would he say something that causes me to risk, uh, to change? Would he cause me to do something that would perceive as, as suffering or, 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 or difficulty? I think we fear hearing what he's going to say. I think we also fear just getting it wrong in this time. I think we fear getting grief wrong or, or, or this time wrong. I think we fear, what if I hear God wrong? And the good news is, is why would we listen? Well, right now we're all struggling. We're all living stressed out lives. Can we just admit it right here, right now, that we are all right now at the max, at the tipping point. And I think the disciples were at the tipping point prior to this death, and then this tipped them over. But I think in this time that we can say, you know what, I'm going to trade being gullible in for this. I'd rather have be gullible than be stressed out. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to hear him say hello and peace. I think also we can live in a sense of of just being freed from this fear of getting it wrong. Because the, actually the only way to get it wrong is to be obsessed with getting it right. The only way for us to hear God wrong is to be perfectionistic on hearing him just right. Somebody needs to hear that this morning, that we can be free from even grieving the wrong way or, or hearing him the wrong way and hear Jesus say, peace be with you. Now, this place of fear is also this place now of presence with God. I love this. Greg Boyd says this. The fact is, if we can't discern God's presence in our day-to-day -day lives, it's unlikely that we'll find him in a revival. We maybe find a lot of excitement, great speakers, superb music, and maybe even some signs and wonders. But unless a person learns to find God as much in the ordinary as in the exciting, the exciting will do nothing more than serve as a momentary distraction. And so let's press in to saying hello. Second thing is when Jesus says hello, shows them his wounds, he says, uh, he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he says, you shall go and announce forgiveness to all. You should be a person of forgiveness and forgive all those who've wronged you. And so he does this weird thing. He breathes on his disciples and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, that is a very, very weird thing, even now more than ever, that probably gives us some unique and different feelings and emotions. Uh, it is, it, it's you, something Jesus is apparently very excited about, this, this picture of breathing on them and saying, receive the Holy Spirit. I don't know the last time you probably have breathed on someone who was probably with a friend or your spouse and saying, hey, uh, is this okay? Am I good to go out tonight? You know, and uh, this is a unique thing. What Jesus is doing 
is he is calling us back to Genesis. All of the hearers and his disciples would have immediately went to Genesis 2 where God breathed into the dust and it animated life and the first humans were made. This picture of breathing, of animating dust is this picture that God is, is, is Jesus is putting in front of us that he would take dust and breathe and animate life into it. You know, in Ash Wednesday, we put ashes on the side uh, uh, as a sign on your forehead and say, from dust you came and dust you shall return. What leaves? The breath of God leaves. The ruach, the wind of God. And so Jesus is calling them to receive this new advocate during this time, to cry, come Holy Spirit, what if all Missio Day? What if we were united around that corporate cry over any kind of online presence or content to send out? What if we were united across all of our congregations to say with a corporate cry, come Holy Spirit, breathe on us in this time, descend upon us, pour down on us like you did long ago. I believe God may be birthing one of the greatest revivals right now more than ever before. We need a breath. We need the spirit and this picture that God is showing us of new creation. This year, we need resurrected Jesus to breathe peace into a whole world on lockdown and to let them know this is not the end of the story. And here's the thing. When he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit, he gives them that peace of the spirit, the spirit of peace in all different ways. They are all different people. Even though we are apart, we have unique needs, even though we're together right now. For Peter, he gives him a reinstatement and a reinstallment into his calling. For Mary, he offers her a name, a reminder that this is your name. You are Mary. For Thomas, he says, touch my hands and my side. For these disciples in Luke that's going with him, he's walking with them and they hope to see Jesus redeem Israel, but now he's dead and Jesus is walking with these people in their disappointment. What kind of God is this? Who, while these people are walking away from Jesus, Jesus says, I'll walk with you. Jesus meets all of our needs. Many here are wounded. Many here may be wondering, what if I missed the moment? What if I didn't respond to my grief and fear the right way? What if... There were things that I could have done better or well. Where have you believed? What if this is all there is? In what way have you thought this is the end of the story? This is the way it will always be. Maybe you're here and there's a, a black hole, a lingering, a black hole of guilt for maybe how you've treated other people in the midst of this time. Maybe there's this sense of feeling locked in some rut, some despair. Resurrection says, no, 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 no. This is not the end of the story. There is a spirit for you that will give you forgiveness, that will take away all of your shame, and you can leave behind all of your guilt, all of your degradation, and step into a new tomorrow. Perhaps some of you are in a marriage and you're thinking, gosh, this is, we just keep duking it out and this is never going to end. I don't know how this is going to go. I disagree. I believe in resurrection. I want you to imagine a family, a family who has lost employment over the last nine months 
And this family, this is new territory for this family. They've uh, had issues now with their house because they can't keep up. They can't keep up with their bills. And the bank is calling their house and they're saying, you know what, just give us some more time. There's fears of foreclosures. And then there's medical bills. There's these medical bills that have piled up. Uh, they've made some choices that just weren't the best choices. And they had to open up a credit card and they maxed out that credit card and they had to open up another credit card because of that credit card. And then there was just uh, all these bills, just piles and piles of bills and all of the credit cards are maxed and the debt just keeps piling up. And they're trying to eat dinner. And now for six weeks, the food is just now it's, they're, they're having to both go to the grocery store together because they're having to to negotiate down to the very dollar what to buy. And this is new territory. They've never been in this situation. And, and so they can see the back of their cupboard. They've never had that happen before. And they're at the table and the kids are starting to feel the pressure. And the kids are starting to feel this ominous feeling at the table, this sense that there's something going on. And they, the kids have heard the conversations with the banks and the foreclosures. And it's one of the most stressful times in their lives. And they're there and uh, a friend that just barges in, opens up the door, comes into the room. You know that friend that just doesn't knock? Um, he walks in and he goes, hey, uh, I've noticed something's not right. Um, I, wanna, I wanna ask you, like, uh, how much do you owe? And you're like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, how much do you owe on the house? Well, we'll like to, to get back to normal. No, 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 how much do you owe on the entire house? Well, let me crank some numbers. It's this. Okay, good. Um, what do you owe on the medical bills? How much for that? And what about the other medical bill? Okay, how much is that? The credit card, uh, how much is that? And the wife tells him, he goes, well, what about everything else? She's like, that's it. Well, no. He's like, there's more. She's like, yeah, you are. They're, they're right. There is more. There's this credit card and this credit card. How much is that? How much is that? How much is that? Okay, so then he writes this all down. He says, cars, you have any car payment? He writes that down. He says, you know what? I want to write you a check. I'm going to write this number down. And I want you to see, does, how does that look? Does that number look good to you? Is that good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would, would that cover it? Yeah, I mean, that, that would more than cover it. Well, let me add just a couple of more zeros to give you some extra cushion. And I'm going to give you this, and, and I want you to have a nice dinner. <laughs> and he walks out. The very first Christians, when they tried to explain the resurrection, they did it this way. They said, all of your sins are forgiven. Jesus has canceled the written code that stands against you and has nailed it to the cross. He's disarmed all the powers and authorities and has made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on the cross. Jesus' resurrection announces that all of your debts, they are canceled. The deepest, worst, most oppressive kind of debt, the debt that weighs down your soul, the debt that weighs down your psyche, your very flourishing that is at risk, that debt says that says you're not good enough, that kind of debt is canceled. Free from debt, free from the black weight of darkness following you around. And so picture that family staring at that check, looking at this in the room all by themselves, and now you understand resurrection. This is what Jesus does. This is what our world needs. Yes, this past Easter was strange. And as we live in this collision of celebrating life and at the same time mourning death in a time of lockdown, we need the kind of resurrection that breathes the spirit and peace into this world and says, you are forgiven. You can flourish and you can have life today.
Let's pray. As we pray, uh, I just want to ask wherever you are to stand with me, uh, to stand up in your rooms or wherever you are watching this, just to stand and close your eyes for a moment and open up your hands. I know that's uh, something unique. I know some of you probably still aren't standing, but I just want to encourage you to take the step of faith to stand with me right now in a posture of receiving. Open hands are a posture of receiving. And would you just pray, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come into this place. Would you take my life? Would you breathe peace into my fear? Would you speak to me? And, and, and I just want to speak to a couple of you. Um, one, I want to pray for those who just need the peace of Jesus afresh today. Uh, we at Monsieur Day believe Jesus is here and that wherever his name is proclaimed, darkness flees. We don't invite you to a proposition. We don't invite you to some kind of ethical person we, or an abstract idea. We invite you to a reciprocal relationship of oneness with Jesus Christ. And so, Jesus, would your peace be made afresh today? Would it come and intrude upon our fears and may we see you and may we say hello to you and hear your voice today? Um, others, I, I, for all of us really, I, I encourage us just to listen to the promptings of God. Uh, listen to the promptings of God right now and to bring your whole self, uh, not just your fragmented self, but bring your whole self to God the best way you know how, even in the midst of the distractions that are happening right now in your house. Uh, bring yourself to him. And I, I struggle to call you by faith right now through this video, but um, bring your doubting self, your, your skeptical self, your disillusioned self, your, your grieving self, and, and the one that doesn't have faith. And you know what? I believe right now that there are people in this call right now, that people waiting to talk to you on this Zoom call that have faith for you, that you can borrow their faith, and they want to pray for you. And I want to have faith on your behalf that you would stay here, Christ, standing at the door, knocking. I want to come in. I want to dine with you. I want to be with you. And I want to open the door and I want, and want you to be able to let the inbreaking of God happen. And so may God's inbreaking of his kingdom come to you right now as you listen to the promptings of your heart. And then lastly, I just pray that you would receive the Holy Spirit Welcome the one who convicts us of where we failed you, the one who brings order to our chaos, the one who is a transforming friendship, the Holy Spirit who, who comforts us in our grief, and the one who's gentle with you and respects you and allows you to live and move and be animated and flourish even while it's dark. So God, may you move in this time the rest of our service we said amen. Thanks for tuning in. We love to keep the conversation going. Find a weekly gathering or gospel community in a neighborhood near you. To find out more, check us out online at missiodechicago.com.